Please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that your spirit would fall powerfully upon us today, Lord God. I pray that you would be present here with us in a tangible way. May we hear you speaking to us, and may we be transformed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. How are you all today? Good. I'm glad to hear that. Now, there are many things in this world that amaze me, but one of them happens to be this. Anyone identify what this is? A letter. That's right. How did this letter get to me? Through the mail. That's right. How? Yeah, so like they put my address on here, and this was sent from Boston, Massachusetts. That's like the other side of the world, right? And so they put this in a mail, mailbox in Boston, Massachusetts. Then some guy or gal picks it up, hauls it in their truck to the whatever processing place. Then it goes through all this rigmarole, gets stamped, like with their postmark, and then goes through all these shoots, you know, like this you see in video and commercials and stuff like that. And then somehow it ends up at my door. Isn't that amazing? And it takes a few days. That's pretty remarkable that those folks on horseback can get it all the way across country that fast on the Pony Express. I just, it, it's pretty amazing the accuracy and the frequency and the rapidity by which the post office can get us the stuff. And so this is going to be kind of our central image is the letter today. So hopefully this will give us a better impression of uh, or a different interpretation of going postal. All right? Okay. Now, uh, in our passage from the epistle today, it's uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And in this letter, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. In our passage, he speaks about how we are saints in Christ. Ephesians is pretty, like, trippy. Right? If you read Ephesians, it's, like, spiritual and it's galactic. And it's yet, it's very personal at the same time. And so in this passage, you've got Jesus Christ on this throne, ruling over the church and ruling over everything. And then you've got us people down here, and Christ is concerned with us too. And so out of this whole dynamic passage, one sentence really catches my eye. And that is the second sentence in our passage. Because it clearly illuminates our journey as saints of God. And on All Saints Day, I mean, can you think of a better thing to be talking about? No, me neither. That's why I'm preaching on it. So, Our verse says, In him, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. In this verse is contained the three-part formula that defines our lives as Christians. The first part is that we hear. The passage says, In Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of, sal of your salvation. We hear the word of truth. This is the gospel as carried in the Holy Scriptures, the Old and the New Testament. This gospel of salvation begins with the reality that we are in need of saving. We are in need of redemption. We've made a grand mess of our lives. Anyone in this camp? Yeah, I'm in this one. I think uh, if you look at my life, and maybe your lives too, it's kind of like furniture you buy from Ikea or uh, Walmart or Kmart, right? It's got a nice veneer on it. It looks like wood, doesn't it? You know, it's got that grain. 
But then what happens when one of those screws falls out or gets loose or the hole gets worn out or you get water on it? Like what's under that veneer? Particle board. And particle board does not stand up very well on itself, does it? No. Anyone tried to repair furniture like that before? It's it, man. You can't do a thing. Once that hole gets widened, it's, there's no putting a screw back in that. It's just broken. It falls, starts to fall apart. It starts to, that veneer comes off, and then what's inside is just chunks of wood that look like termite effluvia. You know? There's just nothing there to it. And so that's, I think, how our lives are too, right? We look good on the outside. We've got that nice fine grain wood veneer on us. But then on the inside, before we have Christ, our lives are kind of like that particle board. There's not a whole lot there. It's heavy, it's dense, but it's not real strong when you actually begin to poke and prod at it. And so the gospel reveals this in us. It reveals that we are, there's just a little glue holding us together, and that's getting weak at the seams. That's how we are. And so when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, looked down on us and saw us in this state, he didn't say, hey, that's junk furniture, let's toss it out. No, instead he said, I've got a solution for it. I'm going to come down and live as one of them. I'm going to take on human flesh. But I'm not going to be particle board. I'm going to be the real deal. I'm going to be sturdy. I'm going to be maple. I'm going to be there among those people and live the life that they never could live. Live a life that's full of faithfulness. Live a life that's in perfect harmony with God. That's what Jesus did for us. And ultimately then, he sacrificed himself on the cross. So that through the forgiveness that's offered in his blood, we could have eternal life. That's the gospel that we're talking about. And that's what Jesus Christ offers us. And that is why we can become Christians. We can come into that right relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ has done and enacted for us on the cross. It speaks to our hearts and touches us in our place of need. When we realize that there is something going on here in this in this gospel, in this message from the Lord, and that it's an answer to our questions and our needs, then we move on to the next step. The next step is that we believe. Our passage says, In Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, is that little clause we've added on, added on now, we had believed in him, we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ and we entrust ourselves to him. We admit the, rea the reality that he is sufficient, and we aren't without him. We're empty. We're just faking the funk until he comes and fills us up. That is the reality of our lives. And in believing, the most remarkable thing takes place. He takes our particle boredness and replaces it with real, solid stuff. He takes our brokenness, our emptiness, and he fills us up. He fills us up with his presence, with his nature, and with his love. And as a consequence of this, the third part takes place, and that is that we are marked by the Holy Spirit. As our passage says, In Christ you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. God takes his USDA stamp and then, bam, puts it on us once we have faith in Christ. And he says, you are certified. You are mine. Now, this language, this seal language, 
comes from a time when they used seals, right? Like you see in the old movies, right? It was a wax thing. You would melt the wax on your letter, and then you'd take your signet ring off and stamp that thing on there. And the seal on a letter or on a scroll signified that the sender verified the contents of what was in there, right? If the seal was intact, the package was as it was intended to be sent. And it could be trusted in. It could be uh, believed in to be true, to be the real deal. And so what the Holy Spirit does to us is when we believe in Jesus, he takes his mark and he puts it upon us. He seals us with his presence. And he says, you are mine. I believe in the contents of this package. No longer are you fiber or particle board. Now you are mine and you are marked with my seal of approval. And so I believe the Christian life is a lot like this letter, right? We are the letter. We are the envelope inside of us. The gospel goes in there. It's like the contents of the letter. That's what fills us up is God's words of hope for us. And then, and then Jesus Christ is like the stamp on there, right? The stamp is not put on by us. It's, we didn't buy the stamp. Rather, he's paid the price that we can be delivered, that we can be sent to God. Then he puts his address on it and says, send this to the Father. And then the Holy Spirit is like the postmaster, right? Holy Spirit's there with his cool little cap on at the mail station. And he takes his stamp and he goes, boom, received on this day. It is going to its location. It is in the system now and it will not get lost. That's what God does to us and for us. He makes us like this letter. And he ensures that we are sent to the destination we need to get to. That we get to his glory, to his kingdom, to his eternal inheritance in heaven with him. That's the hope we have in Christ. Because we're not just depending on the United States Postal Service, which despite its amazing accuracy, you don't want to entrust your whole life to, right? But Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are working together to ensure that you and I get to the place he wants us to be. So today... Where are you in this process? Are you just kind of an empty envelope right now waiting for something to fill you? Maybe this is the first time you've heard the gospel of hope. Maybe it's the first time you've heard that Jesus Christ loves you and has died for you and wants you to live forever with him. Well, my hope today is that you would receive that message and that you would fill your envelope with that, that that would become your identity. Or maybe you've already believed that and you've got Jesus' stamp on you. And you're just waiting in the process, waiting as the Holy Spirit brings you to that eternal kingdom with the Lord. Maybe you're in that process. And so you're wondering what to do. Well, as Christians, we don't kind of, we're not like this. I mean, we are like the letter, but every metaphor breaks down, doesn't it? I mean, even though I love these props, like, they're only so far they can get you, isn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, so we are not supposed to just sit in the system and get moved around. We as Christians are called to actively participate now. Once we've been grabbed by Christ, once our contents are in there in this letter, then we're called to share the contents with other people. We're called to share that hope, that same hope that motivates us, that gets us out of bed in the morning, and that drives us to pursue the Lord. That same hope, we're called to share that with people around us. To say, look, look what I'm filled up with. And you can be filled up with it too. You can be transformed. You can know what it's like to be loved, to be cherished, to be nourished and strengthened. That's the Christian life, is that we share that message with those around us.
And so my hope for us is that we, as a congregation, would be people who are filled up with Jesus Christ and his gospel. That we would be transformed by his power. And that consequently, we would go out and share that hope with those around us. Because there's a lot of empty envelopes walking around out there today, aren't there? Just waiting for something to fill them up. In the world, it'll fill them up with stuff. But it's not stuff you can ship in the mail, is it? You know, you see that list of banned substance, banned things at the post office, like you cannot put these things in your envelope, right? That's what the world wants to fill you up with, is that list. But Christ, he wants to fill you up with life, with joy, with peace, with hope, with reconciliation. And we can be instruments of seeing that happen in other people's lives. So let's be people who do that today. Let's go out and share that word of hope with those around us who are desperately in need of that. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for filling us up. I thank you for taking us, Lord, as empty envelopes. Maybe we had a bunch of crudola inside of us, Lord, but you have cleaned us out. You have made us strong in you, and you have offered us hope and life and freedom in your name. Lord, help us to share this with those around us who are in need. Help us to be ministers of reconciliation, ministers of peace and joy, as we show others what it means to be loved by loving God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.